All right. Well, it's a good thing that my uh, really expensive headset still works after that whole crazy game. So uh, otherwise, we'd have had to spend big bucks. So we are going to do something different. I don't know. You guys, a lot of you guys aren't um, normal. The, the normal, you have a lot of uh, visitors tonight. And this is really a different night. So we, this is completely different than normal. <laughs> is. So um, I really do invite you to come back sometime and, and uh, hang out with us again, please. Uh, a lot of times we don't play that many games. Uh, tonight we just happen to play a lot of games, so it's just different. And uh, we're going to kind of go into a, a small message. I'm not going to talk real long. We're going to actually break into small groups tonight. We're going to just do more discussion, and that's why you do have numbers on your hand. So um, what we're going to actually discuss tonight, and I think it's really good and valuable to talk to a smaller group when we talk about some of these things, because I think it's really good to look at somebody who's talking to you and look them in the eye, and you can kind of like converse with them on a, a more intimate level where you can like uh, reveal who you are and some of the things maybe that you're struggling with. So um, we're going to talk tonight about five tests to determine if you are going to go to heaven. Yes. There are actually um, five simple questions that you can answer five questions to ask yourself whether or not you can really know for sure if you're going to go so uh, a lot of times people really have a hard time with that um, there's a to quote eugene peterson the writer and the translator of the message translation of the bible um, the two most difficult things to get straight in life are love and god more often than not people make a mess of their lives because of failure stupidity or meanness in one or both of those areas in their life they don't understand who god is and they don't know how to love. And I think you probably have met people in both circumstances, I'm sure. Um, if we want to deal with God the right way, we have to learn to love the right way. And if we want to love the right way, then we have to deal with God in the right way. The two subjects, love and God, are really intricately entwined together. And they're related. They cannot be separated. I talked not too long ago in Valentine's Day, I talked to you about the fact that God is love. When we talk about what does love mean, what is love, it's defined in the Bible as, as God is love. And uh, we're going to talk tonight about 1 John in the Bible, the uh, chapter of 1 John. And it was written by, obviously, one of the 12 disciples, John. And uh, he wrote also the Gospel of John, and then he went on to write, you know, 1 John 1, 2, and 3. And we're going to talk about tonight, uh, the first letter. And then he also wrote about Revelation. Now, Revelation is the big heavy part of the Bible where it talks about the end times and all the different things that are going to go on. John was the one who had the vision and he was able to see all the different things that are going to take place. And uh, this letter that we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to spend time discussing and studying, um, it was written to believers, those who called themselves Christians, those who said they were Christ followers, people who said that they believed this whole entire message. And there was really no specific mention to a certain group, a name or a event or anything during that time. It was kind of written, what is decided upon is that they really think this is written to um, all Christians in an area. And, uh, you know, th basically that this letter would be passed around to different churches. And they kind of would just uh, take it to them and, and kind of like lift them up and encourage them and, and uh, direct them in their faith. Because a lot of people were uh, dealing with a lot of disbelief at, at this time. <clears throat> The primary issue in the letter was the problem of false teaching. And what happened was it was regarding salvation through Christ and how it really works in a believer's life. Now, we believe, obviously, we believe in the message of salvation. We believe that you accept Jesus as your Savior and that you can 
be spared hell. Um, certain people, what happened at that time is they were leaving the church and they were leaving the church, but not before they were telling people wrong things, teaching them wrong methods of what salvation is and false teaching. And they were distorting really the whole message of Christ and what he stood for. And they were confusing the believers as how they might know that they had eternal life. Because there is an assurance that you can have. You can ask me right now, do you know you're going to go to heaven? I can tell you without a doubt, yes, I am going to heaven. There's not a question in my mind. That's where I'm going. Um, what was happening at that time, what they were doing, these false teachers, they were saying that they had a problem with um, doctrine, with beliefs and with the teaching that was going on in the churches. They were telling, um, saying that they had a problem that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. They didn't believe that he took earthly form, that he actually existed and he was real. They were saying that they didn't believe it. And they were also saying, you know, that, you know, this human form that he came in, you know, that after he died and he was resurrected that he came back, they didn't believe that it could possibly be real. They had a problem with ethics, which is your moral standard of behavior. They didn't want to think that they had to change. And then they had a problem with obeying God's commands. They didn't want to follow him. And then they didn't think that a person needed to overcome the worldly desires or avoid evil to have spiritual salvation. I talked to you that, about that like two weeks ago. I talked about whether or not this world is our home. I said we're aliens. God's word says that we're the aliens and that we're just passing through this life and that our true home is in heaven. And what was going on was these people didn't think that you had to change. Um, the false teaching was the earliest form of Gnosticism is what it is, and it's which... It's basically a belief in the idea that knowledge, the more knowledge you have, the more spiritual you become. And it contradicts and it um, really distorts the word of God when that happens. And um, their teaching was really that the spiritual realm was extremely good, that it was always good, and uh, that matter in the physical world, our bodies and the human forms that it takes, were basically entirely evil. And basically our bodies were kind of like a trap that we're, tra you know, we're, we're entrapped inside them. And uh, it was just kind of a, that we need to escape. And this false idea um, was kind of like being perpetrated that you could achieve salvation if you escaped your body somehow, which wasn't going to come through faith in Jesus, but was going to come in the more knowledge that you had. And because of this teaching, what happened was there was one of two things that were taking place. Either these people were starting to treat their bodies with disrespect, they were hurting themselves, cutting themselves, doing those things because they thought it was going to help them attain a different level, or they started to um, become very promiscuous and started sleeping around, doing all the different things. Anything that they wanted to do to indulge their bodies, they did because they didn't think that it really mattered. It didn't matter what they did with them because this was a, a life that they were going to escape. And, you know, they didn't have to be part of this and that they were going to have knowledge instead. And they didn't believe that you had to have beliefs and everything to be saved. So John, what he did at this point when, when he wrote this letter, he was trying to show the people there that he disagreed with the heirs of all these false teachers. They were telling these things that were really leading people astray. And this is all the people that John just went through and tried to explain to them their faith. You know, there's nothing more dangerous and nothing more annoying and frustrating as a teacher when you get somebody to start to understand and then somebody comes through and they start to tell people a lie. And then you're like, you're believing what they're telling you. It's really dangerous to believe what they're telling you right now. And that's what John was dealing with. He was watching these people that he loved and see come to Christ. And they said they were Christ followers, they were believers, but yet they were starting to believe all this nonsense. They were believing that their bodies were able to do whatever they want, that they didn't have to follow God's commands, they didn't have to follow everything. 
The other thing he was doing when he wrote this letter was he wanted to challenge those people who claim to be God's spiritual children to start to live a life of purity and start to be in companionship with God. It's what we, what we say today. We tell you all the time that it's not a religion. This, we might be part of an Assemblies of God church, but the Assemblies of God will not save your soul. It has to be a relationship with Jesus. It has to be personal. It has to be something that you do because you love Jesus. God obviously loves you. So it's something that you have to do. And that's what it's all about. A religion in itself will never save you. And uh, he was, you know, dealing with all this, and it was, it was tough for him to see these people fall away. And so he was telling me you have to have companionship, and you have to have a life that's filled with joy. And you can have assurance. You can know for sure that if you live a life of obedient faith in Jesus, that you can have this assurance of heaven. So tonight I want to talk to you about assurance, and other people are going to take the time to talk to you about assurance. And uh, I'm sure if some of you guys have ever talked to somebody about salvation or you talked to anybody about faith, um, most of the time if you talk to somebody is, are you going to go to heaven? You could ask them that question. There's either one or two responses that they'll give you. One, for the most part, you'll hear from people that they think that they're good enough and that they're going. They'll say, well, yeah, I'm a good person. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't, you know, done this. Or they, they judge what they haven't done, and they don't stop and think about what they have done. And so they have this idea is that they think that they're going to be good enough. They're going to make heaven or the, you know, eternal life. Or two, they think that um, they just don't know. You know, well, I don't really know. I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven. I don't know if I'm going to get there. You know, most people really, I mean, very few people, if in truth, some people with bravado will say, oh, I don't care. I'll go to hell. You know, it doesn't matter. But uh, for the most part, people, I think if you got them alone and quiet, if they stop and think about it, I mean, I think most of us would think that we really don't want to go to hell. You have to understand that eternal life has already started for each one of us. We will never die. Once there was a time you never existed, that time is gone. Once you're born, you will never die again. Your spiritual self will always live. Your body will die in physical form. But your soul, who you are, will go on forever. It's just where is the question. Either heaven, which is actually a lot of times in the Bible when it described it, it talks about a new earth, and, uh, <clears throat> or hell. So you are going to exist. It's just where. Um, both of those ideas are wrong thinking. You're never going to be good enough. God's word says that he died for everybody. No one is good enough. And the idea, too, that thinking that you can't know for sure is flawed thinking, too, because you can have assurance. You can know for sure. So both of those ideas are wrong. Every Christian desires to have assurance of salvation. The certainty when Christ returns or when they die that they're going to get to go to heaven and be with Jesus in heaven. Um, John's plan was to let those people know that they can have assurance without any doubts that a right relationship with him can give you there. And uh, one point I'd like to make is that John does not point out anywhere in the letter that these people had a past experience or something that they said or did that would make the difference. You can't say you've said something in the past. Well, I've accepted Jesus six years ago when I was like eight, and that's good enough. It's not good enough. It's something you've got to be doing on a daily basis. It's something that you have to do, a choice that you have to make to live. So hopefully tonight... After you break into your small groups and you discuss these uh, questions, um, hopefully you're going to have an idea and you're going to have more assurance of really where you're headed. And I really, really beg of you, please, talk to your group, okay? 
converse with them and just ask questions and listen to what's being spoken because you know what I, I think it's a dangerous thing to walk out every time and think it doesn't matter you know every one of us lives a very finite life we don't know when it's over so I really do want you to think about the fact of if you can get there if you can know for sure um, I know for sure I know other people that know for sure and I think it'd be great if you guys would know for sure where you're going to so if uh, we could break into small groups, it'd be wonderful. And uh, if I don't get a chance to tell you, I really thank you all for coming tonight. Please come back anytime you can, okay?